0: Hello, I'm Katie Piper and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. Today, I'm talking to Haley Doyle, someone who is sure to inspire you. She was involved in a barn fire at the age of 14 and she suffered severe burns as well as injuries from the smoke inhalation. We talk about dealing with the psychological aftereffects of the fire, how her burns impacted her every part of her life, from work to relationships, and how she's learned to make those small steps in order to become the confident, optimistic person that she is today. Hello Hayley. Hi Katie, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good and I'm really excited to have you here. You're you're only 32 years old and you've walked a life that most people definitely wouldn't have walked at that age and may never walk in their whole lifetime.
1: Yeah, so when I was 14 years old, I was involved in um, a rather large barn fire. Um, somebody set fire to it while well, I was unfortunately playing in the back as children do. We'd been stacking the straw and I got unfortunately got caught up in that blaze. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: grew up in the countryside. We yeah. always used to go out and yeah. play in farmer's fields, play in barns. Um, so you were totally unaware that this... It was on fire, you were inside.
1: Yeah, yeah so it was set, set on fire in the front of the barn and unfortunately we, I was stuck in the back. Um, and I kind of had to go through all the, I can't remember how much straw was in the barn, but a lot of straw, having to push all the bales away and kind of jump down. And you've adrenaline, my adrenaline kicked in and it was kind of, I've got one way to go and it's either out that front door or I'm never getting out. Were you the only
0: one stuck in there or was there a group of you? There was a
1: group of us in the barn, yeah, but unfortunately I was the last one out. I jumped just at the last minute before it kind of consumed me (laughs) my goodness and you're talking about it you obviously remember it all then oh vividly vividly yeah I mean I think the psychological impact was the first thing that I had to really come to terms with and no obviously the the physical way that I looked I was in hospital for such a long time and I was almost protected by the nurses and the doctors and how long were you in hospital Oh, it's quite a few months. Yeah, it was, um, the fire happened in September, just as I was about to go back into my fourth year of school. My gosh, and right. I, so it's like really in crucial time. And, yeah, yeah. And I lost a lot of. I mean, I had great schooling at the hospital once I was recovered enough, but mm. I was in an induced coma um, because the inhalation of the of the f- smoke, sorry, um, was quite bad and it burnt all the inside of me. My... So a lot of physical, internal damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what were your injuries from this fire? So I suffered 37% burns. It's a to large my... area, 37%. Yeah, yeah hands, yeah. face, neck um, and my waist. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: And then obviously for anybody that doesn't understand about burns, to have that surface area burns, the areas then that weren't burnt, you would have had to have removed as skin grafts, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, I had to have some skin taken from uh, my bottom. Yeah, (laughs) me too.
0: It's all right, you're in good company Both got scarred bums from this podcast. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting because I suppose, you know, 14 is the age where we kind of go through that, who am I? Yeah. I mean, how does a hormonal teenager
1: deal with with the mental um, effect that a life changing incident like this would have on you? I mean, it's been one of the longest journeys that I've ever, ever had to go on. Probably my mum and dad and my whole family's kind of gone on it with me. Dealing with the psychological effect It was, it was awful. It was, you know, I remember sat in the hospital and I mean, I wasn't allowed a mirror or anything because obviously the doctors and nurses kind of have to kind of psychologically prepare you for what you're about to see. I mean, I think for the first three, four, five years of me getting out of hospital, I lived behind scarves, I lived behind woolly gloves, whether it was... Wind, rain, shine, you know, 30 degrees outside and I'd be there in a woolly scarf, woolly jumper, anything zipped up in front of my chin because that area was the most... Worst off, because I had braces and I had a necklace on, so yeah. they all kind of melted and embedded in my neck. So, yeah, this area is quite bad from a scar perspective. And that area of
0: your face, it's sort of central, and yeah. it's where we communicate, yeah. and it's where, you know, we're looking at each other now. You kind of naturally look at someone's mouth yeah. when you talk to them. Yeah, you do. You were at the time of possibly, like, exploring with boys mm. when
1: people are having their first kiss.
0: Which, at that age, you get anxiety and depression anyway at that
1: age. You know, yeah. yeah, it was just a completely heightened throughout. I mean, I remember, like, your friends are saying, oh, I can't go out because I've got a spot on my face. And it's like, wow, I would literally kill to have that spot on my face. You know, it's one of those things. Um, but I How remember, did you stop yourself getting angry with friends? I think it was... I mean, don't get me wrong, I did have a lot of anger. And unfortunately, my anger was something that I took out on the closest to me, i.e. my mum. Mm, me too, um, yeah. <laughs> I think with my friends, it was... They were so supportive. I mean, they used to help me wash and cream. Like, so they were quite caring? Yeah, they were very caring. And I think it was just a case of learning how to react in a positive way as opposed to a negative way because the only person I'm going to end up affecting is myself.
0: But it's really hard to have... Like, It's easy to have that insight kind of in hindsight, isn't it? But when you're mm. young and you're going through all those things, that's really difficult. What about the friends that were in the barn with you? How did that turn out?
1: Yeah, so um, unfortunately, uh, it was. I, I was on the road to recovery on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was obviously legal issues with, with the fire, with the farmer and things that went on. So yeah, it was, unfortunately, I think relationships got broken down and that was one of the main things. I really struggled with because there wasn't anybody like you in, you know, in 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 society, who I had to look up to and understand that what I was going through was normal. Was there particular mental health that you struggled with after what happened? Yeah, so I suffered really bad with PTSD. Yeah, um, hugely, and that's kind of one of the big things. Obviously, flashbacks from the fire that happened for a long time. The smell of burning. If if I got a trigger smell of a burning and any type of smoke yeah. i'd start panicking any confirmed. So if anyone
0: listening it doesn't doesn't know what ptsd is it is post traumatic stress um and it happens after you know a life changing incident and like you said there's triggers where you literally well, you'd go into panic attacks i yes, guess
1: yeah huge and you, you almost feel like you you're dying cuz you feel like you you're suffocating you know mm. your chest gets so tight and you know you're breathing and 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 for a while, I mean, I did see I had psychological help, and I'm not ashamed to say, I'm mm. not ashamed to admit that because it was wonderful and it did wonders for me. Um, but how, yeah. how did they help you? What did the psychologist do? It's the acceptance, I think. So right. it's learning how to talk about it in a way that you're not reliving it. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the other thing,
0: isn't it? We can overtalk these things and constantly relive them. Yeah. And actually, is that
1: helpful? Um, it is, I think, in a, to a degree, but it, it's. I don't think in straight away it's something that you should be talking about in depth in detail. I know one of the things with me was when people asked me questions about what happened to me, and because I'm a ex- natural extrovert, I kind of would go on a like waffling, and I'd start and, and, all, and all of a sudden I'd be talking and I'd be I'd be actually reliving it, and it, and yeah. you know, whereas now I learn a technique which was always have an answer prepared, uh, it's just a bit I was in a fight, you know, I was in a fire fifteen years ago, and it kind of. Not open ended, yeah. So you know how to give enough information without it being
0: and be able to c- politely cut them off. Yes, because it's about it a boundary, rude. isn't it? Yeah, of
1: course it is. Yeah. I mean, there's some days that I won't. I don't mind talking about it. Mm. I don't mind, and you know, I'm I'm a long way down my journey now, so I feel. You know, how like, many years is it now? Eighteen. Oh my goodness, it is a long time. Yeah, mentally. I mean, are you still suffering or? Been, tell me about the journey in, in that aspect. Yeah, so I think that I think it's only the last eight to ten years that I've actually come out of it the other side, positive. Mm. I think the first, well, the first eight to ten years was it, it was a horrendous journey that I went on. You know, there was times where I didn't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, I di- I didn't really want to do anything, and it was learning each day to take those tiny little steps. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my journey. The last eight to ten years has been the best, I would say, I think, from my work journey as well. So stepping into that workplace initially... I think I try and hide things sometimes by trying to be humorous.
0: Yeah, I think that's normal, like a nervous humor. And like it's a way to try and... Do you know what I think it is? Because I used to do it too. It's like to make other people feel comfortable. Yeah. So it's like a self-deprecating thing, isn't it? And At the expense of yourself, you know?
1: You know, early on in my career, I could be perceived as being a bit of a joker and kind of not taking things seriously because that was the way that I coped. Yeah. It could all all of a sudden be perceived as unprofessional, I think, in certain situations. But the reality is you weren't confident. No, not and, at all. and this jokey,
0: like, often the life and soul of the party or the person that's known for being jokey, it is
1: to cover up, like you said, that yeah. kind of... Low self-esteem, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like your security blanket, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I've been really lucky in terms of the confidence that I've built up. You know, I've done, it's a lot of self-confidence that I've worked on, but also other people have assisted me, you know. I think throwing throwing yourself in at the deep end sometimes, I mean, I, I would absolutely freak out. But once I'd done it, it was such a huge achievement. And I think sometimes taking that leap... Yeah. you know I, th- I think it's really important also obviously don't take a huge leap where you're gonna fall and drown but I think one where you're supported in a safety net absolutely and yeah. and, and, and I've I've taken quite a few leaps now and I'm quite confident yeah. to do that and, and the, the elation and the feeling that I get afterwards from doing something that I wouldn't necessarily do. It spurs done. you yeah. on to keep going.
0: Yeah. What was the point where you were like, I don't want to be this person that has to make everyone laugh all the time and make jokes? Like, What was the defining moment where you felt like this might be confidence for everyone else, but I'm not being real to myself, I can't live like this, this isn't true confidence?
1: I think the thing for me was... I do think that say time's a great healer. Also, time's great in terms of working on your confidence and a little progress each day ends up in a big result. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's 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 recognizing what what you're doing to kind of disguise those insecurities about yourself. So mm-hmm. it's acceptance. Yeah, yeah. So I think once I accepted, do you know, come on, Haley, you're being a bit of a joker here. Like yeah. you know, people aren't taking you seriously. It's like flipping flipping it on its head. So, you know, there's times and there's places where I should be having a joke and and at the end of the day, it's still me and I'm always going to be that kind, caring, you know, lovable kind of, having a laugh person. But yeah, it's just the progress along, it's kind of acceptance. I think also sometimes you give a, a version of yourself to people that they're not
0: necessarily even asking for. Like people aren't necessarily asking of you to always be the one that's entertaining everybody and you're giving that because you think that's what people want. But actually, sometimes the real you isn't so bad after all. No. And people are quite happy with the real you. Yeah. You know, they're not expecting you to be the person that excuses your flaws and makes everything okay for them. And like, one thing I've learned is sometimes it's okay for things to be a little bit uncomfortable.
1: It is. Like,
0: I always used to think you had to explain your appearance. Yeah. And you don't. Like, sometimes you can leave people wondering and you can let them do the fillers. You can let it be silent. Um, and there's something about when you get older, knowing that an uncomfortable silence doesn't have to be that uncomfortable.
1: No, it doesn't. I know. I've, I've been in that situation plenty of times. I think the, I, for years and years, especially having a physical scar, obviously mental scars, it's, it's completely different. Again, because nobody sees them. Nobody sees what you're going through. And that, yeah. for me, the psychological scars were almost as bad as the physical scars. So I'm having to deal with the psychological effects of what I had gone through. And then mm-hmm. I'd meet a stranger in the street in the first... They just jump to conclusions and think they're looking at my scars, mm-hmm. when in reality they're not. They're probably looking at a nice necklace I've got on, or you yeah. know, a nice top. But straight away, it's kind of that jump into conclusions. You know, make the take a step that don't. Yeah, always you can become a bit of a pessimist, then can't you? And yeah. kind of always seeing the negative side of things. And that's one of the things that I worked on really hard with my confidence is 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 the positive outlook. So rather than always you know like in that situation somebody looking at me and thinking they're looking at my scars, just think actually no they might be looking because I've just had my eyebrows done Yeah, or, you know girls I've just have my hair other girls colored. for what shoes yeah. they're wearing and yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think it's always learning how to take a compliment I was really really bad at taking compliments mm-hmm. somebody said oh I like your shoes I'd say oh I'm like 50p you know so I just like yeah. really put them down and it's now it's learning out just to say thank you Somebody Do you know what is compliment. such a simple thing. Like, it really is.
0: Anyone that's listening today, if somebody pays you a compliment today try and literally just go thanks very much yeah it, as as a British person it's really hard it's really really hard because really you're totally hard. right it's so tempting to be like if someone's like I like your hair today to be like oh god it's awful it, <laughs> it all went wrong and really yeah. think oh no I did actually try and curl it today yeah. so I should just say thank yeah. you that is about self-esteem isn't it like of course saying you're allowed to be valuable and you're
1: allowed to yeah with and it doesn't come across as you know overconfident or mm. you know big-headed like you say it's just and at the end of the day when you've said 10 thank yous it's all of a sudden and you look back and reflect on the day you remember them as well yeah it's amazing how much you remember it absolutely yeah.
0: do you ever wonder how celebrities order food like is sarah paulson a diet coke or a regular coke girl? <laughs> some peasant coke no You in the first half talked about, well, the way to build confidence is to put yourself out there and just go for it. But sometimes... That doesn't always end in the results we want.
1: No, it doesn't. Does it? All. Not um,
0: at all. I'll tell one story of mine. Right, it's quite it's, it's funny now, but obviously <laughs> not so funny when it's happening to you. No.
1: Um,
0: so I remember I went out to a bar in Clapham, and it was really dark at night, and it was like a bar that had little tea light candles, which was massive for me to be around candles. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So same. scared of candles. Yeah. Um But anyway, I did have a drunk snog in the bar in Clapham, which you know also it, secretly in my head I was like thrilled because it was the first kiss I'd had in like seven yeah. years and I was like 28 I think which obviously I didn't <laughs> didn't tell the guy oh guess what I haven't kissed anyone since I was 20 because <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's huge <laughs> it's is huge it, I, isn't it I, when you've gone yeah. through an experience
1: like this I think people don't realise that yeah yet. and you
0: just keep it secret because you don't want to like weird Course. somebody out yeah. so the next day I'd swap numbers with this guy and he was that guy that he'd, I'd wake up he'd have messaged me first being like morning beautiful yeah. You know, how's your day what are you up to and he didn't really know like much about me he definitely didn't know I was because we met in the dark yeah. and I had a lot of makeup on. And he'd be like, oh, what are you up to today? So where do you work? And, you know, my work back then was mainly at my charity. Mm. And I was like, oh, I work for a small charity in London. And he's like, oh, is it like one I've heard or like a cancer charity or something? And I was just like, oh, well, you won't have heard of it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, but what's it called? Yeah. <laughs> like, And I was like, oh, it's called the Katie Piper Foundation. And Can I ask you a question? Is, yeah. Was that because you were feared that you'd go online and... I feared he didn't know I had anything different about Yeah, me. so
1: therefore if he we went online to Google the Katie Piper Foundation and saw yeah. our images. It, so it, yeah. I think
0: he thought he was messaging a girl who was just with blonde hair, who he'd met in a club, mm. who, who led a normal life yeah. with no medical problems. And um, my self-esteem and confidence wasn't high enough to put it on the table no. and say. So I text back saying the Katie Piper Foundation and he was like, oh my God, amazing. Um, so do you ever actually get to meet her? Oh wow. And I messaged back going, "I am Katie Piper." Yeah. He never texted me back ever again and he blocked me on BBM.
1: That's awful.
0: So, that was hard. And yeah. so for me, I was like, "Right, okay." I was what I would consider confident in my answer, yeah. but I didn't get the answer back I that wanted. You would have
1: expected, yeah.
0: So I carried on dating and it was disastrous, but I carried on and on and on and I suppose I had to keep remembering Don't let other people's actions and and the things they say and the things they do kind of be a reflection. It's not about me. Like His reaction was about him. Yeah, But that was hard. But that that was the affirmation I had to keep reinforcing. And I just wondered, you know, you've got some great stories about when it went right and, and how it helped you further your career. Did it ever go wrong putting yourself out there?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually met my first boyfriend in the dark. Um, yeah (laughs) i met him at a nightclub um i hate meeting people like that oh i know and 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 i think for the last the first 12 months of us being together i would only ever meet him in the dark so summertime it was literally like i would rock up to his house at like half 11 at (laughs) night because when it went (laughs) dark and i'd only be there for like five minutes (laughs) because i'd have to be back Yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but yeah i'd always turn up drinking a ribina because we were that Perfect rectangle shape, shape to, cover, the to cover my face. And I'd always, every single day without fail, be turning up with a Ribena cat. And I'd have, I'd have about five in my bag. I'm surprised <laughs> I've got any like, teeth left. Has
0: this girl got like a major endorsement deal with Ribena? <laughs> <laughs> like sponsored. Did he ever say like...
1: Yeah, so this one time i turned up, pulled my car up on his drive and he opened the door and he just said, Hayley, I know. And I said, "No, no, what? And he just said, I know you've got scars. And I burst into tears and oh. I ran down the drive. Was
0: it tears of relief or was it tears of embarrassment?
1: Embarrassment. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was embarrassed at first. Um, and I ran down the drive and I got in my car and drove away and, didn't, and just and he was ringing and ringing and didn't, didn't ask. Didn't ask. I Why didn't, didn't know, you aunt? You couldn't I, face I answering. didn't know what to say. I didn't yeah. know. And then all of a sudden when, when I would got home and I thought about it, I thought, it, it's somebody that actually is, likes me for me. For the way I look as well, yeah. so not only my personality. Because I think I went through. So, so did he?
0: Did he say to you? So how did you find out he was okay with it then? So when you finally answered the phone.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just said, "You know, look, I, I've not, I've known for a while." Um... So it turns out Ribena isn't a very good <laughs> disguise. No one no. to
0: anyone from Ribena. <laughs> <No>. um, <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's not
1: after all that. After all the hard work, do you even like Ribena? Are you just having? I don't to drink like it anymore. No. <laughs> but yeah, so I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed, and and and, and to me, every it, uh, to me that was it. The relationship was over, and I'd have to start, And that was. My, how I thought my life was going to pan out. I never thought I'd end up with anybody. Did you have a history of
0: sabotaging? Because you just yep. said then all the relationship was over. Did you have a history of, of like, sub, yeah, I'll sabotage this, I'll push you away before yep. you push me and that, away? And that's
1: exactly what I did for everything. And even yeah. a friend, that wouldn't make new friends or anything because... Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I completely sabotaged everything. Yeah, like Because so, I think that was anyone
0: my... listening, you know, you don't have to have burns and scars to be kind of nodding your head right now. I think when we don't place, like, high high worth on ourselves, we don't have high self-esteem, no. we're all quite guilty of sabotaging op- opportunity. Yeah. Like you said, friendship, romance, career. And I think it's fear, isn't it, of, like, I'm going to mess this up now by choice yeah. before it get, I get rejected further down the line. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think when when you, when you have been through something life-changing you you know what it's like to really hurt you know being through a traumatic experience and that pain you never want to experience again therefore you will try everything in your power to not so somebody listening, because when you just said that then,
0: that just gave me a stab pain in my stomach because I can identify so much yeah. with having your world torn apart and never wanting that to happen again. No. And I feel like so many people, whether they're running on the treadmill right now, whether they're on the tube on the way to work, everyone knows what it's like to yeah. have your world turned upside down. And if you are going through a pattern of sabotaging, if you are walking away from opportunities because you don't have that confidence... How do you forget when it goes wrong? How do you keep building? How do you maintain that consistent confidence?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's... you had every reason to give up.
0: And you're here today now. You didn't give up.
1: No, I didn't. And and my family's been, my whole family's been through quite a traumatic experience. Obviously, my brother was in a really serious, he was in the tsunami in Thailand and lost his leg. And we're both the same. And I think it's having that family network around you. So although you go through these, it's an episode at the end of the day. And I just think my dad always says to me, there's always a solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. even in your personal life in your work everything there's always going to be a solution so you know what Haley, you're having a little blip now but it will be solved uh-huh. and we'll get over it and we'll come out the other side and I think that's kind of like rec- it's once you recognize the pattern that you are going you know the path yeah. that you're going on and and these patterns that you're developing when as soon as you recognize it, it's really ha- it's really easy to accept it and kind of challenge them as...
0: I think you're so right. And I think a lot of people will be annoyed at me for saying this, but I think confidence is a question. Yeah. And it's actually one that does take us to do a lot of soul searching of really how confident do you want to be yeah because the choice lays in your hands it does it really does does lay with you and I know that annoys some people because they say well xyz happened to me or you've got this life and I don't have that life but still we make a choice of how confident we want to be and we make a choice of how much we want external factors to influence that level of confidence absolutely so if people don't fancy us or if we don't get the job do we let that destroy? our confidence the answer lies with With us it does so we've had um, some people emailing him uh, we've got somebody that's emailed in here Priscilla, she says our son Nathaniel has had four open heart surgeries my goodness, it was a very long journey yeah I mean that, that in itself that's a huge huge journey, one oh. step forward two steps back, a massive roller coaster, now he's currently at school he's started to get a complex about this huge scar going down his chest, even though I'm constantly kissing it and telling him how beautiful it is, so my question um, is, if anyone else has gone through um, this, how can I grow his confidence he is amazing at what he's gone through but as many times as we thought he wasn't going to make it through I believe in positive energy but this doesn't seem to be helping I hope you can help regards uh, Priscilla well I think actually this isn't just about Nathaniel I think this may be about his mum as -hmm. well because it sounds like he's a real strong um
1: Boy. Yeah, a real warrior by the sounds of
0: it. Boy. Yeah, to go through all of this and he's back at school, he's among his peer wow. group. And I don't know if you um, have seen this with your mum. Sometimes, you know, it's as hard,
1: if not harder, for the, for those supporting you. It is, because they're the ones that have to see, you know, like when I say when I was in the induced coma and I know you were in the same situation, weren't you? I think, and obviously Nathaniel will be, you know, he'll be. Having to be in surgery, and so your parents are seeing you when you're out of it, you yeah. know, and you're and you're not. They've got worse visual memories yeah, they than you visual, have, because yeah, yeah, you're oblivious. You know? Absolutely, and I think sometimes you, you, your parents go through it just the same as obviously they don't experience the pain, mm-hmm. but they experience pain in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're helpless, and I think my, you know my mum and dad experienced the same thing, and I think once they did meet people through your charity actually and parents yeah. that are going through the same thing it really really helps heal
0: yeah I think do you know what I think that's a really good point and Priscilla maybe you would benefit actually um, possibly from going online and finding other parents that have been through this because sometimes I know now I've become a mum we're full of anxieties for our children and we want them to have the best start in life and actually in every child's life, scar or no scar, there will be um, some some bullying, some competitiveness. Course, yeah. And that is the nature. But of yeah. course, we want to protect our children. But all we can do is equip them with a, a good level of identity, a sense of self and who they yeah. are, so that they they can cope and deal with that. Um, but I think there's a, there's a really good affirmation, and I'm going to get it wrong. It's something about... Um, Those that don't mind matter and those that mind don't matter or something?
1: Those that mind don't matter and
0: those... Oh, yeah. Do you know I mean, what I mean? I, I know but Basically, it is. it's saying that, you know, it, like yes, our dating right. stories, the people that do have a problem with our scars, Nathaniel's scars, aren't, aren't the people that you want to seek out in your life anyway. Um, we've had a really nice email in from Tony. It says Hi, Katie. I've been a midwife since 2006 when I qualified. I then had my third daughter in February 2009, and I suffered severe postnatal depression for years afterwards. I had to leave my job for a while whilst i got better and even now i struggle day to day but thankfully i am now back working as a midwife again kind regards tony do you know what i love that because that's all about being grateful isn't Mm. it and actually she's acknowledging it's been a long time a hideous time with depression and she said even now she still struggles and that is mental health isn't it it's not like you get better and it's gone
1: no, and I think I think there's a stigma attached as well, isn't there? Sometimes it's kind of, oh, you're not depressed, you know, like, you know, get get pull, pull yourself together. I hate it when oh. was it? cheer up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, really? Yeah. If you only knew what it was like to live with it. Just yeah. walk a day in, in their shoes sometimes, and in my shoes, it's like you don't understand, but also I think, the, the the acceptance as well. I think the fact that she's accepted what she's going through and yeah. she's learning how to...
0: And she's practising gratitude. She's saying, I do still struggle day to day with depression, but thankfully I'm yeah, back at work. So, yeah. yeah, so she's grateful, grateful for the positives. Yeah, and, absolutely. But she's real about, about her struggle. Do you, do you still have
1: daily struggles? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I, you know, and I'd, I'd be lying if I said I woke up every day and every day was, you know... Morning, you morning. Know, like God, that chicken, would be, a, you'd chicken, be an annoying chicken. person. Oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, you know, I, I do go through, I mean, a, a lot of good days as opposed to bad days, but when I do have those bad days and it's kind of like it's a real struggle to get yourself out of bed, to kind of motivate yourself, but mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, I'm surrounded by great people and I think over the years it's taken a long time to understand what, what depression, what post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. actually is People don't just understand what it is overnight, especially your family network. And I think, you know, it's taken a lot of time, but they, they really do assist with
0: that. Yeah. I think one thing, um, a sort of final thought I wanted to leave everyone with about confidence is we all document when things are good. So on social media, we're always put when we're happy, when we've got the job, when we look good, when we've got nice hair. Absolutely. We we always document when it goes right. And um, one of the things I did on my confidence journey is I documented the really crap days in a private diary of when things went wrong, things I did wrong, when I felt awful, the days I couldn't get out of bed. And then that diary helped me see that last week was not even j- just seven bad days it was like seven bad days with four bad episodes e- in that day yeah and then when I kept writing it and writing it I was like oh this week was actually only five bad days and then it reduced and it reduced where there weren't even bad days there were bad moments mm. and I was able to see that ratio that's such a good piece
1: of advice it's really simple it, isn't? It really I still do simple. it now it's amazing because all it is, I'm is I'm perspective. yeah
0: of course it is yeah And it's okay, and some some weeks are really bad still, but that's just,
1: like, really normal. Imagine if we all shared that honest journal like that on Instagram. That would normalise it. And it would, and I think that sometimes the power of social media is great for a lot of things, but also, like you say, it can kind of put a Mm -hmm. not-so-true Slant on the world we live in, doesn't it? Sometimes
0: it really does. So anybody that's struggling with confidence, I'd like you to keep an honest confidence journal, and I'd like you to remember Haley. Uh, you've got a very memorable voice. I love your accent, from Mancunian <laughs> accent. It's <laughs> oh, one of my favourite accents. Really? <laughs> but I'd like I'm you just to. Re- saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. See, true <laughs> confidence. I'm giving you a compliment. Oh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. I'd like you to remember fourteen-year-old Haley that was burnt in a barn fire and spent all that time in hospital who now is the 32 year old Haley sat opposite me talking about these experiences and making a success of her life every time you doubt yourself every time you're scared to put yourself forward
1: think about what Haley did
0: thank you so much for sharing thank your you story. very much
1: for having me and thank you everyone for listening thank <laughs> you
0: everybody who's tuned in and we will see you next week
1: thank you Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary
0: People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, I'm talking to Kelly Knox, a model and activist who was born without her left forearm. She's passionate about using her platform to change society's perception of people with visible differences and has incredible resilience and strength. I can't wait for you to meet her. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.